are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today is Monday, March 7th, 2022. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested and want more of us. It is Mailbag Monday on today's show. We actually didn't put out the tweet for questions today because... We already have quite a few to go over, so we'll be answering those. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We'd greatly appreciate it. So before we answer your questions, we're actually going to look at the Mariners defense and talk about how it stacks up against the rest of the AOS. So Colby, I'll start with you. Where where do you think that they uh, they rank in the division right now defensively? Not at the bottom, but maybe not at the top. I mean, it's it's a little tough because defense is so subjective, and, and we can look and say, well, according to the metrics, but we know how inconclusive defensive metrics are, although they are getting better. Um, but defensive metrics tell you that Evan White is a bad first baseman, and, and I mean, at least the, the UZRs and, and uh, uh, Fangraph's defensive scores and all that stuff, and that's we just know that's not true. So uh, you kind of go around the infield and you kind of look at it you know, play by play, uh, position by position. And, you know, Ty France, probably a 55 glove at first base. Uh, Adam Frazier is probably a 60, 65. Uh, <laughs> same with JP Crawford at shortstop. Um, and then at third base right now, it's Toro. And Toro's probably a 50 to 55, somewhere in there, um, which is at least, you know, as good, probably a little bit better than Seeger was last year for you. Um, so around the infield, it's, it's pretty good. And, and obviously, you know, Murphy is, is about average, maybe slightly below, but somewhere in that average range. Um, so yeah, uh, around the infield, it's quite good. It compares quite favorably Mm. when you head to the outfield. Uh, that's where we have (laughs) some issues. That's where we have some major issues. Um, Mitch Hanniger, well below average in right field. He is a 40 glove right now at best. Um, Kelnick in center is, is probably what 45 at best, probably a 40 though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, last left- year, if we're being real, just looking at some of the metrics, maybe a 30. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then left field right now, we don't really know who's the starting left fielder. Um, if it's Fraley, that's a 50 at best. If it's more, that's probably a 50 as well. Um, you know, it's just it's it's kind of a mess right now. And, and it is kind of part of the reason why you and I have talked about going out and getting a guy like Kevin Kiermeyer or even somebody like Billy Hamilton, because you, you think, you know, late in games, you want your best defensive team out there. But sadly, right now, Hanniger, Kelnick and probably Fraley is your best outfield. Um, that could change uh, with a healthy Kyle Lewis. Uh, that mm-hmm. can change with an addition. Uh, it will change when Julio eventually comes up. 
But based on where we're at right now, I would say the infield defense is is probably second best um, mm-hmm. behind Houston. I, I, I think Houston obviously really depends on if Correa comes back or not. I'm assuming he will. Um, so it's probably right there. Outfield defense, it's, it's going to be one of the worst in baseball. And that's a pretty big problem when you consider that Robbie Ray uh, is, is fly ball heavy and so is Logan Gilbert. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, getting a, a an addition, preferably in center field, to push uh, Kelnick to a corner would really make a huge difference uh, to Seattle's outfield defense. So it's kind of mm-hmm. tough to say where they rank overall, um, but the outfield defense definitely drags it down. Yeah, it's like you said, it's this topic is so subjective and it there's just a lot of uncertainty right now with how the rest of the offseason is going going to go like I, I look at the athletics in a more favorable light right now than i probably will by opening day you know with mm-hmm. olsen and chapman likely to be traded you know so there's there's things like that that have to be accounted for here when we're looking at this right now as it stands though i mean you're looking at why exactly why we continue to hammer home the need for an addition in the outfield or even two really you know why we've talked ad nauseum about kevin kiermeyer and Seiya suzuki and michael conforto and you know some of those guys more so for their bats and their gloves but even then even someone like michael conforto is i mean to me inarguably an upgrade defensively over at least yeah. one of the guys that you have mm-hmm. so yeah, they're, they're, you just you need someone that can at least give you average defense in the outfield. That's not too hard to find, quite frankly. No, but that's really what they need right now um, to kind of tie this all together, at least from a defensive perspective. Um, you know, because obviously the importance is lengthening the lineup and and doing what you can to generate more offense and generate more runs. But like you said, Colby, with you know having guys like Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert. You're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have a lot of fly balls. It's gonna put a lot of pressure on your outfield defense, and with the way that it's currently constructed, that's going to lead to some pretty substantial issues, I would think. So, you know, unless Mitch Haniger somehow taps into another gear we we just ha- didn't see last year, which is not going to happen, they are going <laughs> to be in a pretty rough day. spot. I'm right. a little bit more um, bullish on. on Jared Kelnick's ability in center field than, than most, you know, I think he'll be better than we saw him last year, but you can't ignore how bad last year was for him. So that and Jake Fraley shouldn't be starting for the Mariners, no. quite frankly, given, you know, considering how poor he is at the plate. And he's also not a fantastic defender. I know he had a couple of highlight plays last year, but he's also a little bit of an adventure out there as well. You're just a, you. You got to do something in the outfield. You cannot go to opening day saying, "Yeah, we want to compete for a playoff spot more with this outfield right now." Right. Uh, and that's what honestly drags down my ranking for them quite a bit. I think I wouldn't say that they're the worst, right? No. But again, this is also subjective. There's a lot of uncertainty here. I'd say they're probably third. Or, maybe fourth maybe second i don't really know um yeah at the end of the day though i don't think it really matters right now because i think that they are going to add right even if you just if you had one regular uh you know average defender it makes your outfield defense so much better 
Um, particularly if that guy can mm. play center field. We've heard some rumblings about Brian Reynolds, which we'll get to later yeah. in the show. Um, yeah. Putting him in center field and allowing Kelnick to go to left, you're probably now at that point your average, uh, even with Hanniger kind of dragging you down in right field, and then eventually Julio's going to come up, and he'll be mm-hmm. at least average in right field. Um, if Kyle Lewis is healthy enough to play center field, which you can't bank on, but if hypothetically if he was, and again, you move Kelnick to, to left, um, then, you know, Lewis is 50, 55 glove in center field. Um, and Kelnick's going to be fine in a corner. I think he's probably at least a 50 in, in left or right field. But, um, mm-hmm. or you had, say, a Suzuki and he plays right and, you know, and, and Hanniger DHs and, and you keep the other two spots the same even. That's still a ma- major upgrade because you're taking your worst outfielder and you're putting him at DH. So, um, yeah, it's just an average glove, one average addition, one average glove addition to the outfield just makes the rest of it better almost regardless of what position he plays. Um, ideally center field, but uh, yeah, it's if you can get Hanniger out of the outfield, you know, 60, 70, 80 times a year, your your defense is going to be greatly improved. And you still want to keep Hanniger's bat in the lineup, so you're not benching him, but it's just, you know, hey, can you play 85 games in right field and DH, you know, 65 times? Um, that would help your defense a lot. So... Which Mariners are going to lead the team in certain statistical categories? We're going to be answering that and more in just a moment. But real quick, once again, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us. So let's go on to my Twitter DMs, where I got a message from a listener named Chris, who wants us to go over some of the major statistical categories in baseball and discuss who on the Mariners is going to lead the team in those categories. So we're talking wins. We're talking saves. We're talking ERA. We're talking RBI. We're talking average home runs, stolen bases, etc. So Colby, do you want to start offensively or with the pitching? Where do you where do you want to begin with this? Surprise me. All right. So let's uh let's do home runs. Who do you think is going to hit the most dingers for the Mariners in 2022? Um Adam Frazier. No. Uh God, that would be bad. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still say I'll still say Hanniger. Um Okay. I think it's probably much more likely to be uh, closer to 30 than it is 40, which I think last year you had 39. So um, I, I don't think you're going to see like the one big power bat. Um, I, what I do think you, you might see is a few more guys get to 25 and it just kind of power fairly evenly distributed throughout the lineup. 
Uh, but I'll still say Hanniger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Story. No, uh, probably Hanniger, right? I, I think that's the yeah. guy that has the most upside for it. Yeah. Um, Dark Horse, though, if he's able to get it, you know, if he's able to stick at the major league level and, and get enough of bats, Jared Kelnick. He had 14 yeah. in his limited yeah. action. So, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, batting average. Who do you think is going to hit for the most average? There's a couple good candidates for this one, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Frazier. But I also think that J.P. Crawford and, and Ty France are certainly going to have something to say about that. Mainly France. Kind of bold prediction here, but not really, because I think you and I both think this is where he's eventually going to end up, or at least close to that. I think Ty France is going to hit over 300 this year. Yep. So, yeah, Ty France is my pick there. Uh, but Adam Frazier, for sure. I mean, he's stuck around the 280, 270 range for most of his career. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a. <laughs> pretty good bet as well but if anyone's going to get over the 300 mark in my opinion it's probably gonna be ty france unless they add someone but uh right i i think i still think frazier is probably a little more likely but yeah france is i think the clear number two Mm -hmm. um and i just have a feeling that jp is going to have a year where like we look up in september and he's hitting 290 and we're like wait what and and don't get me wrong it's not gonna be like 290 with like 20 home runs or anything like that but it's just you know few more hits here and there fall in and, and like he just slashes the ball around enough. You're like, holy cow, JP Crawford has a shot to hit 300 this year, but uh, I'm still going Frazier. <laughs> uh, all right. So RBI, who's going to drive in the most runs for the Mariners? Um, Probably Hanniger, right? Yeah, probably Hanniger. Uh, it's kind of you have to see where the batting order looks like a majority of the time, but uh, it's probably Hanniger or It'll be Story slash Bryant um, if they get one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hanniger is probably the safest bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go Hanniger, France, close to. Um, but I think it'll be Hanniger because he can just do more damage in general. Yeah. Um, you know, in one fell swoop. So, yeah. Um, all right. Stolen bases. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Who's going to be the first one to get to 10? <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go Julio Rodriguez for this one. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jared Kelnick, but okay. like he's going to have 11. <laughs> you know, he's going to steal like 11, but get caught like seven times. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I, I would JP. pick Dylan Moore I, because he's the best yeah, base stealer yeah. on the, on the roster right now, but. Is he going to get enough attempts? Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Is he even going to make the roster? Like that's 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 the thing. So that's one of the nice things about Trevor Story, by the way, is he is a very good base stealer. So that's uh, true. Yeah, if they do add Trevor Story, then um, that's probably yeah, he's probably the right answer. Yeah, yeah. All right, so switching over to pitching now, who is going to lead the Mariners in wins? That was Chris Flexen last year. Uh, You think anyone's going to get over ten? First of all, yes. I'm gonna go Marco. Ooh, not Robbie Ray. Yeah. Not the no, just, not the shiny new toy. No, Marco. You know he's he's gonna go. You know he's gonna throw a lot of innings. Uh, you know I, I think last year was more of an outlier for him than than people are assuming. Um, mm-hmm. Also, it's possible 2020 was probably an outlier too. I, I think 2019 Marco is about what you're gonna get, and I, that's a guy who. 
you know, could like win like 15, 16 games somewhat surprisingly. Yeah. Um, Marco's a good pick. Flexen's kind of a sneaky dark horse. We were asked about, um, you know, double digit game winners uh, a few weeks ago. And yeah, Flexen, I, I feel is, is kind of a dark horse here. Logan Gilbert also kind of a dark horse here. Um, I'll just, uh, I'll go with the shiny new toy though. Like I said, Robbie Ray and heck, you know, if they add Sonny gray, who knows? Maybe there, maybe that's the answer. Uh, but that, that's, that one's really hard to, to nail down because it really, you know, wins are so volatile that it's just, uh, it could be anyone. It really could be any of them. So saves, another stat that is all over the place and really could be anyone, especially in this bullpen, because there isn't really a clear, you know, ninth inning guy. Yeah. So uh, who do you think is going to get the, the most save opportunities and the most saves at the end of the day? I'm still going to go Giles, but I think it'll be something like Giles has like 19 and Seawald has like 14 and, and something like that. I, I don't think you're mm-hmm. going to. I don't think you're going to have one closer where, you know, like Edwin Diaz has 58 saves. Uh, I I think you're going to have a a bunch of guys with, you know, four five, six, and then probably two or three guys with over 10. I think that's how they're going to manage it. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll go Diego Castillo actually. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, with his shoulder thing that he had last year, a lot of people are kind of overlooking Diego Diego yep. coming into this year, but I mean, when he's healthy, he's one of the best relievers cool. in baseball. Uh, Some of the nastiest innings last year. Yeah, uh, and so I could see him being yeah. used in a lot of uh, high yep. leverage situations, or just you know putting him in to just close the door. You know, they got a three run three run lead or whatever. I, I think uh, I think we'll see a lot of Diego Castillo late in late in games this year. All right, so uh, ERA, who's gonna? Uh, and we got to pick one starter and one reliever. Okay. Um, starter, I'm going to go with Logan Gilbert. Ooh. Um, and then reliever, I'm going to go with Johan Ramirez. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I see you. I see you. I am going to go. Hmm. This is tough. I actually kind of like the Johan pick. Um, That's what's up. I, again, I kind of want to go with the shiny new toy because I'm so excited about him. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to go Robbie Ray. Um, and then I'm going to go for the relievers. You know, Casey Sadler had a very great ERA last year. Very nice. You know, very so, nice. Some, some would even say nice ERA <laughs> yes. last year. Um. I'm going to go with him to repeat Casey Sadler. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see here. We got, oh, we actually didn't do one offensive category hits. Who do you think is going to lead the team in hits? Uh, Frazier. No, wait. Yeah. maybe Ty France because Frazier might, you know, not play every single day. Uh, you know, they get he also like, might get fewer like opportunities if he's at the bottom yeah. of the lineup. So yeah, I'm gonna go France, but Frazier's probably number two. I'm gonna go Frazier because he should be at the top of the lineup, and I'm going to 
pound that table until it happens. <laughs> but uh, yes, you'll never you know, get that it, to happen. Yeah. Um. All right, and then uh, Chris also wanted us to debate who's gonna be the top war getter on the Mariners. Any ideas? Um, Any feelings? Kind of comes down to like, I guess we'll do one hitter, one pitcher, right? So hitter wise, it kind of comes down to what? Three guys. I mean, based on who's on the current roster. Yeah. Um, My answer would probably be somebody not on the roster. Uh, But uh, based on who's on the roster right now, it's probably see, it's tough because France is probably your best player, but he plays first base in the Mm -hmm. war formula takes into account defensive metrics and defensive metrics aren't kind to first baseman ever, but France was still almost at four, I think last year. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll go, yeah, I'll go tie France. Um, I yeah. just, I think Kaniger's defense is going to drag down his war too much for him to, uh, take that category. Yeah. I'm going to go tie France as well. I, um, I think big things, are coming for him and yeah his his value is going to be a little skewed because fan graphs baseball reference doesn't matter the case they they're always going to uh limit you know the value of first baseman unless they just absolutely explode offensively um but still i i think he's going to be able to do enough offensively going in line with my prediction of him hitting you know 300 or more um yeah i think he's going to have a monster year so ty france is my pick here All right, so we got questions about Evan White. We got questions about Brian Reynolds, which you alluded to earlier. We're going to answer all of those in a little bit of a lightning round in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, that is. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Now, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high in protein, so replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors they have to offer. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mm, Just sounds so good. Now, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%? 
50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Colby, you ready for this lightning round of questions we got? We got about five to go. Let's do it. All right. So let's start with Hayden, who asks, have you guys heard anything about the health of Rowenus Elias and if he's good does he fit anywhere on this roster going forward thanks for the show I haven't heard anything since uh, they they offered him I remember they offered him a two year minor league deal after he got hurt um, which would have covered him for last year and, and then this year um, he had the Tommy John surgery in, in late March uh, so it, it was probably at best, he would probably be ready by July. Um, mm-hmm. So he has not signed with anybody, as as of my knowledge. So um, he's still out there. Uh, the, again, the issue is going to be that he's not going to be available until July. And then, you know, is Elias definitely going to help you in, in 2022? No. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he, when, he's, when he's healthy, he's, he's a very nice kind of versatile reliever. And you can use him in a bunch of different uh, spots. Um so yeah, they want to sign him to a minor league deal, then he's a fit. Um, but they shouldn't count on him for anything um, in 2022 and beyond. Mm-hmm. So as far as I know, he's not signed with anybody yet, and he is still uh, working his way through uh, Tommy John uh, recovery. But uh, yeah, he's been very quiet. No, no videos, nothing like that. So I would assume he's he's quite a ways away still. Yeah. So looking into it real quick, um, he. There were reports that that you talked about here that he uh, that the team reached out about a two year minor league contract. They did sign him after his injury, after he was released. He was released in March, and then they signed him again about five or six days later. So I'm not sure if that was the two year deal or not. I can't seem to find any clarity on that. Um, but I would say safe bet is that he's is to assume that he's not in the organization right now. He might still be. I just, I'm not too sure. And it doesn't seem like there's a clear answer anywhere there. All right. So let's move on to Ammon, uh, who hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. A M M O N. What should the Mariners do with Evan White? With Ty France seemingly the starting first baseman for the foreseeable future, should Evan White be his backup or should they try to trade him? Well, Really, what Evan White needs right now is time in AAA. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to get it at the start of the season, it seems, with the lockout going on because he's a member of the MLBPA. Uh, so he's not going to be able to join the team uh, right away. But, uh, yeah, he needs to work on his uh, offensive game. That's really the most important thing. And then at that point, if he is able to figure some things out and kind of forces the Mariners' hand where they uh, they need to call him up um, or they need to give him the opportunity at the major league level again, uh, you know, first base isn't going to be a given to him. I don't, I don't think um, he's got the athleticism to make it work in the outfield, I believe. 
So that's always an option. Um, but right now, the focus for him, it shouldn't be defensively. Right. Right now, what you do with Evan White does not matter. He He's a non-factor until he is. Um, so worry about that when you know he's hitting 280 at AAA and he's striking out mm-hmm. 22% of the time instead of 33% of the time. At that point, we'll have a, a, a long conversation. But yeah, ultimately, you, there's no point in trading him. Um, and you don't have backup first baseman. Um, so you figure out what to do with him once he hits. But until he hits, it, it's not an issue at all. Mm-hmm. All right. John wants to know if uh, or who are some of the guys who will start the year in Everett and who, uh, who has a chance to get there by the end of the season? John is a Aqua Sox season ticket holder. So that's why he's uh, very interested in the subject. No, I'll be Marte. Um, I'm going to guess you're going to see Jonathan Classe at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll that'll be a lot of fun. I, I also think you're probably um, well, you're probably not going to get any of the big pitchers. Um, unfortunately, um, mm. I, I think they're all going to start at Double A AA or Triple A. Uh, but yeah, there, there's going to be uh, quite a few guys. I, I think I think Alberto Rodriguez you're going to see um, quite a bit of. Uh, he's technically a part of the PA right now, though. So, oh, that's true. That's can't. true. That is a good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he won't be able to make it until the uh, CBA is agreed upon. Right. 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 Um, Adam Mako, you're probably going to see. Uh, Milcar mm-hmm. Perez, you're probably going to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably going to see Isaiah Campbell and Bryce Miller. Um, assuming Campbell's healthy, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you're probably going to see Sam Carlson. I would guess Taylor Dollard. Um, and, and, you know, maybe a, a guy, maybe you see Juan Pinto, but probably not, uh, outside, outside shot. You see somebody like Michael Morales, but probably not. I think he probably tops out at, at Modesto, uh, yeah. but there's going to be quite a, quite a bit of young talent. Uh, Connor Phillips might start the year at, uh, at mm-hmm. high A. So that's definitely, yeah. you know, if you're looking for a pitcher who might be there, mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the year, it's probably Phillips, although he's got a shot to start at double A. So. Um, actually, pretty pretty good amount of talent. Again, outside shots, guys like Edwin Arroyo, um, you know, Michael Morales, Starlin Aguilar, Gabriel Gonzalez. Um, mm-hmm. But the guys who are more than likely going to be there, like you know, like, like we already talked about, Miller, uh, Harry Ford, probably later in the year. Um, yeah. Uh, no LV probably to start the year. Um, yeah, there, yeah. It's, there's not going to be a shortage of talent. The, the Aqua Sox are going to be a lot of fun. All right, so Sean says, hey, dudes, who would you label in this organization as untouchable? Nobody. Obviously, you guys have talked about Julio, Kirby, Kellnick, et cetera, and there are, are there any others you can think of? And to counter no. that question, who do you think are the most likely to be traded? Not so, nobody. No one's really untouchable, uh, especially outside no. of the three that you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. If you're just talking about prospects, right, or guys that are – close you know just young assets in general yep. i mean we could even uh throw you know ty france into that um you could throw logan gilbert into that you know i think gilbert's probably the closest to untouchable you know the closest to that julio curry kelnick group um yeah but at the end of the day i mean like you know if the, the angels come up to you and say hey we'll give you shohei otani for uh logan gilbert right. which would never happen but 
if they say that, yeah, of course. The Nash, talking, if the but, Nationals are going to give you Juan Soto, but they want Logan Gilbert in the deal, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're talking. Yeah. That's so, fine. yeah, um, nobody is. Um, as for prospects most likely to get traded, I mean, those will be the lower guys, but I'm assuming you're you're looking for, like, names, like, you know, guys who are big in mm-hmm. prospect circles. Uh, probably Emerson Hancock, Zach Deloach. Emerson Hancock. Levi no, Stout. Yeah, I don't think Noel is going to get traded, but he's he's far from untouchable. But yeah, for me, like Hancock, Deloach, um, Williamson, Stout. I think those are like if you're looking for like big names in the Mariner system. Yep. I think those are probably the four that are most likely to go get traded. Obviously, guys like Milkar Perez and Mako and Wontane and Gabby Gonzalez and Caden Polkovich and Bryce. Like those guys are much more likely to get traded. But if you're just in terms of big names, it's it's probably those four. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we got a question from Hayden about Brian Reynolds. There have been rumors that the Pirates are willing to trade Brian Reynolds for Emerson Hancock. This was reported on Mad Dog Radio on Friday or sometime over the weekend. Um, and uh, Hayden goes on to say, I believe that other players would be involved. So what would you guys offer to get this deal done if you believe in Reynolds? Thanks for the show. So first of all, I just want to say if it's actually possible for the Mariners to get Emerson Hancock for Brian Reynolds, or sorry, if they can get Brian Reynolds for Emerson Hancock, rather, uh, they should do that deal in a heartbeat. Um, now, obviously, that's dependent on what else has to be included. Uh, but where would you go from there if if Hancock is indeed the headliner in this deal? And, I mean, it, by all accounts from that report seems to be the case I believe the uh, the quote was that the Pirates view Hancock as a legitimate ace in the future. So what do you uh, how would you build that package around Hancock? Yeah, I mean, they're they're competing against the Marlins. Let's assume that the report is legitimate, which I I have doubts about. But let's just say it mm-hmm. is um, the Marlins are apparently offering Max Meyer. Um, so, yeah, Meyer is better than Hancock. So you're, you're going to have to come with it for the second part of that deal. Um, I think you're probably looking at something like Emerson Hancock, Zach Deloach, um, maybe somebody like Levi Stout and Edwin Arroyo. I I mean, honestly, that seems light to me, but you know, accepting any package that's centered around Hancock as as the number one piece for Brian Reynolds seems light to me. Um, but I, I that would be my guess. Hancock, Deloach, a couple guys who could help them this year more than likely next year and then stout and and arroyo or maco and arroyo maybe a couple guys who are at least a full year away but carry some serious upside and obviously arroyo's you know four or five years away but uh Mm -hmm. something like that i i guess would be my guess if hancock is the best piece they're giving up i just that's total speculation though obviously what about you yeah i i feel like if it's Hancock as a headliner, and look, the Pirates are stupid, right? They've done some really stupid things in the past. If they, if they trade Brian Reynolds for a package headlined by Emerson Hancock, that's another stupid thing they've done. Yeah. Um, I feel, though, like if, if you're going to have a package inclu- that is headlined by Hancock, he's got to be accompanied by Brandon Williamson. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what should happen yeah like that's what it should be now if i'm jerry depoto and the pirates are saying yeah we're cool with hancock as the headliner then 
I'm probably following that up by offering Hancock Stout and Bryce Miller or Zach DeLoach or something like that, you know, and working my way up from there. Um, Because, yeah, I, I just, I mean, if I can get him for that, then great. Um, and, and that's a solid package, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, Brian Reynolds is a guy that put up five and a half F4 this past season. So, yeah, he's a really good player. So, yeah, um, control left. Yeah, I mean, just the, the this report, like this is why I have a hard time buying into it. Just like you, it's just it's it would be so friendly to the Mariners. <laughs> like it it's seems just, it's too ridiculous. Good to be true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so I kind of struggle sure. with like how would I build a package there because I just I don't. I I very much base my approach to these things. It, with a sense of reality you know and that just like the, being able to get Reynolds for a Hancock headline deal is just not all that realistic in my mind but hey like I said and look this has been evidenced by the by the Pirates in the past what they've done in the past they do some stupid stuff they do some really sus stuff with it with their trades so who knows um but yeah that I mean any deal that is centered on Hancock for for Brian Reynolds. I really like Emerson Hancock. I think he has a great future ahead of him. I think a lot of prospect folks are are prematurely devaluing him. But that's an absolute steal for the Mariners if they're able to to land that deal. All right. So last question of the day comes from Jay Qua. Says, Hi guys, of the free agent pitchers, should the Mariners go after a lefty or a righty? And who do you think would be a good fit? Uh, first of all, doesn't really matter if it's a lefty or writer, righty, quite frankly. Second of all, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to go after a free agent pitcher. Um, the The market is just really thin at this point. There's obviously guys like Clayton Kershaw and Carlos Rodon, et cetera. I just, I don't foresee the Mariners being involved in any of their markets. So yeah, uh, I, I believe if the Mariners are adding a second pitcher, it's probably going to be via trade. But if they do have to go to the free agent market, I would look at guys like Michael Pineda, and uh, maybe even a reunion with Yusei Kikuchi. Who knows? Yeah, it, it's free agent strictly. It, it's it's going to be somebody like Pineda. Um, I guess outside shot or kind of the home run attempt would be uh, Rodon, but I just I, I don't see Seattle getting involved there. Um, so yeah, it's going to be somebody like Pineda. Maybe somebody like Drew Smiley. Or it, it, honestly, if, if we're talking about free agency, the most likely guy to sign as a free agent is, is Tyler Anderson, which, yeah. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you on Wednesday. Peace.